All right. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the next episode of Priceless Backstories podcast. I am your host, Amy Price Bromberg, and I am looking forward to introducing you to my friend, Hannah Clayton. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So Hannah's actually coming from France. She is across the world in Europe right now. Um, she is a professional volleyball player in Europe. And Hannah and I met actually through our connection with Athletes in Action. Um, super fun. A couple years ago, we got to be on the Ultimate Training Camp together in the Twin Cities. I know a lot of you listeners um, are familiar with Ultimate Training Camp. Um, and so Hannah's got a really cool um, story to share and that she's going to bring us in on her life. But um, Hannah, I am super excited to get started. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, cool. Well, um, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about like, how did you get into volleyball? Because it's a pretty special thing to um, get to play Big Ten, you know, volleyball, like at that level. So what is some of your story of just how you got caught up in the sport? Yeah, so my mom actually played collegiate volleyball um, at Illinois State University. And I grew up with all of her friends and just friends of my parents always saying, you know, are you going to play volleyball like your mom? And of course I was taller. Um, but when I was younger from about when I was five until 15, I was actually a competitive gymnast. So I kind of got into that when I was like really young before I was tall and I kind of had just a passion for it and, you know, loved watching the Olympics. And I was so close with all the, my teammates on my gymnastics team. And Obviously I kept getting taller, but I still had this passion for gymnastics and I never really tried volleyball. And like I mentioned how my um, parents' friends would ask if I was gonna play volleyball, I would always say, no, I'm a gymnast. Like I'm gonna be a gymnast. And they would always <laughs> kind of be like, okay, like you see both your parents are well over six foot tall. But um, back then I was so set on um, just being a gymnast and carrying out that dream. And then uh, as I got older, I was kind of like, well, like, you know, I'm. Oh, I, by the time I was 15, I was six foot. And so I was like, okay, I don't, you know, that I know that I have much of a future in gymnastics and I love just the sports realm and being competitive. So I figured, you know, I wanted to give volleyball a try and, um, I played, uh, club volleyball my freshman year. And I also competed in gymnastics. So I did both because I wasn't ready to like completely let gymnastics go and just step into a whole new sport. Um, and I'm glad I did that because I realized, you know, it gave me the opportunity to kind of have my foot in both and decide I wanted to go all in on volleyball. So my 16th year, which is like my sophomore year of club, I did like um, travel volleyball and I did that throughout um, high school, obviously. And I didn't really know much about the recruiting process at all. Like when I started playing volleyball, I was just, I don't even really think I thought much of like, oh, I could play in college. Like I was just like, I, you know, just want to keep playing sports. And this is something that people say I might be good at <laughs> And <laughs> background in gymnastics. Like, you know, I was athletic and had kind of the body awareness, um, already in that basis. And so, yeah, my 16th year, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I think every sport's kind of different when it comes to recruiting, but the rules have changed since I was in high school. But when I was in high school, girls were committing to schools when they were in like eighth grade freshman year like they were making these college decisions and I had knew nothing about that and my parents didn't really either it was you know my mom had played but back then it was you know way different and um so I remember like at one of my club tournaments my club coach when I was a sophomore came up to me and he was like 
Hannah, like, what are you thinking about college? Because I have a couple of these coaches, like, you know, coming up to me in tournaments and asking about you. Because at that point, like, they weren't allowed to talk, like, directly to me. I don't know all the rules, but, uh, or how it was back then. But they would talk to my coach and ask what I thought. And I, and he would, he came up to me and I was like, what? Like, college? I don't, I, like, I don't know what level I want to play at or where I want to be in the country. And I remember my club coach pulling me aside and asking me those, all these questions about, like, you know, my future in volleyball and how I felt. And I was just kind of like so overwhelmed, but I remember as soon as I had that conversation, I was like, I absolutely want to play in college and I want to play at the highest level I can. And I started watching um, college volleyball and specifically big 10 volleyball. Cause that's in my opinion, the premier conference, like nowadays people can argue it's maybe the ACC. Um, but I would say big 10 is still still at the top, but I was <laughs> my sight set on that. And I was like in its mid, like, you know, pretty much a Midwestern conference. And I was um, wanting to stay like in some radius of home. And um, yeah, so my family and I would watch Big Ten Volleyball. And I remember I was like, oh, like I would love to play at that level someday. And so from then on, I was kind of like all in on emailing coaches back and going on visits and just like pursuing um, all these bigger schools. And um yeah, I was just so excited and my parents were so helpful and willing to, um, yeah, just help me through decision-making and, um, things like that. But I was excited. As soon as I had that conversation with my coach, I was like, this is a possibility. Like, let's go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any like, um, volleyball players or, or gymnasts? I know that was your other sport that you just kind of looked up to, or that you used to enjoy like watching play yeah, or maybe had, it was, Hey, maybe it was even a favorite team. I don't know that your favorite team was Iowa when you, you know, were a kid. It, so it, bring us in on that. Yeah. So when I was younger, obviously I was like mesmerized with all the Olympians, like Gabby Douglas and Allie Raisman yeah. and um, all those girls that competed in like 2012 Olympics, I think. Um, but yeah, so those were like my idols. And then when I started watching like a ton of big 10 volleyball and realizing that I want to play at that level, my I actually like enjoyed watching Wisconsin volleyball the most hmm. and that's where I wanted to I really wanted to go to Wisconsin or Illinois like those are my dream schools hmm. um and I actually like wrote a handwritten letter to both of them both of those head coaches to like my parents were, or my dad actually brought it up this would be like such a great way to like set you apart um from other people and whatever so I remember I wrote this handwritten letter and um sent it in the mail and whatever I ended up going to a camp at both of those schools but Anyways, I was, uh, I guess we'll get to that later in the story, but, um, yeah, I, Wisconsin was my favorite, my favorite team to watch. And I had a middle, uh, girl that played the same position as me. Um, her name is Haley Nelson and she was like kind of my idol at that time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I want to be like her. I want to be on that court. Yes. You got to yeah. be on that court. I would imagine. I did. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? I know in a different uniform that you had expected, right. When you were in high school, you didn't know where you'd end up going, but you ended up playing on the Wisconsin Badgers court. What was that yeah. like, that experience? It was really cool. It was like cool to have, you know, watched it for years on TV and then be there in person. And um, same with Illinois. It was always special. Every year I played Illinois, even more than Wisconsin, I would say. Um, just because, you know, before I really knew I wanted to play volleyball, me and my family would go to Illinois volleyball games because it was so close um, to where I grew up, only about 30. We live about 30 minutes from Champaign. So I grew up, you know, going to Illinois volleyball games and Illinois state volleyball games. So it was cool to, um, you know, be able to be on that floor. And I actually competed in a gymnastics meet once in the, in Huff Hall in, in the same arena that 
the volleyball team competes at at Illinois. So that was cool. Like to be like, whoa, like, you know, here I am on the same floor that I competed in gymnastics in so many years ago. And now I'm playing collegiate volleyball, like whoever would have. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, really neat that your dad and you said your parents, your dad and mom had thought of trying to do something that would set you apart. Yeah, right? because you've got coaches that part of what they do is they go on recruiting trips, right? They're looking and watching club volleyball and, you know, they're traveling in their off season, sometimes maybe even in the season a little bit, but they're traveling to see who's going to really be a good fit for their team, right? Like yeah. athletically, but also like how, maybe how they, how athletes respond and kind of mm -hmm. who are the girls we want to invite to our team. So I yeah. find that interesting that, that your parents kind of had that mindset, even yeah even though it's challenging, right. That, that they didn't say, Hey, this is the team that, you know, you're going to play for, but I think it's really cool that you guys were thinking outside the box. Um, and even I'm going to jump the script a little bit, um, as you wanted to talk about, I know we're just, we love, you know, conversations easy for us, Hannah. So, um, but you were talking about the transfer portal some, and we'll come back to Iowa, but I, I watched a video that was on Instagram, um, maybe a year ago when you were playing for Purdue. I know that you had started, you'd done four years at Iowa and then chosen to enter the transfer portal and do some grad school at, um, at Purdue. And it was incredible for me to see your coach, um, share. He said, when I picked up Hannah as a transfer onto our team, um, I knew what she had ath athletically to offer our team and the experience in the big 10, right. Playing big 10 volleyball. But he said, I got so much more than what what I thought I was going to get. And so I wrote down what he said. And I don't know what you want to do with this, Hannah, but he says, Hannah Clayton is one of the best human beings I've ever known. <laughs> so you you mentioned like your parents wanting you to be set apart, you know, in, in the recruiting process. And I think how cool on the tail end, you know, as you were transferring out to to Purdue to finish up your career, that your coach saw something really different in you. Like what? What, yeah, what do you think that was that he even saw in you? And I don't know how you experienced that statement that he shared, right, on media day, but can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, that was a, I know the video you're talking about. It was like, yeah. probably about like, maybe around this time last year, maybe maybe a little bit earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, it was like a, a post-game type interview, I think, and uh, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, you know, nice of him to say that. But yeah. yeah, I think, I think my four years at Iowa, um, really, really developed me into who I am now, just because, I mean, we'll get to this, but I had, you know, a lot of coaching changes and just a lot of things happen that I never would have dreamed, um, would have been a part of my collegiate career when I committed to Iowa when I was in high school. Um, but I think it really made me realize, you know, what, like the bigger picture, right? Like if I would have had the smoothest career at Iowa, we would have, you know, won a big 10 championship and, you know, maybe uh, just always had the same coach. And I just didn't have a lot of drama on my team. Like, I don't know that I really would have grown much as like a leader or a teammate. Cause it's, it would have just kind of been smooth sailing. And of course, you know, those teams that have that smooth sailing experience, they, you know, everyone has their adversity and that kind of thing. But I think at Iowa, it really just put me in situations I've never been in and in positions where I had to step up 
and um, be a vocal leader, you know, mm-hmm. especially my sophomore year and junior year earlier than I would have planned on it. Um, which in high school, you know, I never would have thought like, I mean, I've always been outgoing, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think it, putting myself in situations where I had to handle things and maybe just put on the spot um, and just navigate coaching switches and how to just thinking like bigger picture, you know, it's not necessarily all about as much as I love to win. Like I am so competitive, but it's like, I would always think, I think about this a lot. Um, when I was a freshman, I looked up to my upper upperclassmen teammates so much at Iowa. Um, they were a big inspiration to me. And like, I want to be like that as a leader when I'm a senior and junior at Iowa. And yeah. I always thought like some of those girls weren't even starters. Like they didn't even really see the court much at all. And I just thought like, wow, like, like the reason why because the reason why I want to be them so much is because of how they make me feel as a teammate and how they treat us all and how much I know they care about us so I think like being in Iowa really shifted my perspective on college athletics as a whole because I'm like of course we're all here to win but you know we're here like the bigger picture is how can we all have the best experience and how can we all like become better people out of this experience when we can't control a lot of what happens Hmm. so I think going back to Dave's comment about me, um, I think at Purdue, like I was able to just step in to this new team that already had leadership. You know, they already had their upperclassmen that had been growing, you know, their four years. And I had done all that at Iowa. Um, and I just stepped in and, you know, there was not any like pressure on me to, you know, like say we're in the locker room and we lost to a team we shouldn't have lost that lost to no one's looking at me like oh what's Hannah gotta say you know there's already leaders but it's like I was able to just lead by example and step in when you know I felt like I needed to and I felt like I had valuable things for the team to hear and also just like the way I treated people I feel like like I said at Iowa it really just because of all the circumstances it really just opened my eye opened my eyes to how important it was to just like how I treat people on a day-to-day basis and that kind of thing. So mm. again, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what led him to make those comments about me, yeah. but um, yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with how I grew at Iowa mm. and uh, just the shift in perspective I had and what this is all really about. And um, it's so much bigger than, you know, wins and losses and that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you, you've been walking the journey, right? I think about like um, Psalm 23 talks about how though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for the Lord is with me, right? His staff and his rod, like they comfort me. There's a sense of um, when we go through, like if everything's a mountaintop, oftentimes, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that to some degree, right? But it's in the valley that I feel like we really need to lean in. And there's so much growth that happens, you know, in the valley. And so that's kind of what I hear you saying, like, because you were in a situation where not everything was mountaintops, um, there were some valleys in your life through college, um, specifically at University of Iowa and your experience Mm -hmm. um, that that God just did some really cool growth in in you. And they got to see the fruit of that, right? When you showed up at Purdue, which which is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that backstory. now, was most of your adversity in college, was it mostly through sports or was there anything else just kind of in your story that you've experienced that just kind of made you who you are today? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, part of it, of course, was sports and um, just all the things I went through with that, but also um, my 
so part of my testimony is just um you mentioned that I went to UTC my yeah. freshman year summer after my freshman year um and that was actually after I had pretty big loss in my life um my dad passed away January of my freshman year and um, he had been sick about nine months before that. He had kind of congestive heart failure, like out of the out of nowhere. Um, my senior year of high school, um, he just kind of had kind of started having like shortness of breath and just some different health complications that we didn't think was that big of a deal. And it kind of just um, spiraled and just kind of got worse, you know, pretty quick. And um, so that was like spring of my senior year, and then. Um, all through my freshman year of college, my freshman fall, I guess my first season, he was really sick and um, in the hospital ICU at, um, in Chicago. And so my mom spent a lot of time there. Um, and yeah, it was hard. It was, it was hard because, I mean, I mentioned before how my dad was so, you know, adamant and helping me with college and just being excited for my future. And he, he'd always been like that, just um, so excited about whatever me and my, my one sister, whatever me and my sister were excited about. like. Um, yeah, just would always spend time with us, um, you know, and well, about like studying for tests or just being so involved and excited about our volleyball games and that kind of things. And yeah. even before with gymnastics meets, like, you know, my parents didn't know much about gymnastics. They learned a lot through me, but they would always joke, you know, they'd walk into these gymnastics meets and they'd tower over everyone, <laughs> um, everyone else's parents. But, you know, my dad would be excited to hear about you know, my gymnastics teammates or what new skill I got and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, he was so excited to when I committed to Iowa and just um, he went on, I went on two visits to Iowa and he was at both of them and was excited about my coach. And, um, you know, he had hotels booked for like a year in advance for like our home games and that kind of stuff. So definitely it was like really hard to, you know, not have him there. And my mom have to, you know, cancel all those hotels. And my mom couldn't really even come either because, she was at the hospital with him and um there was just a lot of uncertainty there and um my coach at the time so the one that I um his name's Bon Schmansky I when I committed to Iowa he was the head coach and he was my coach all the way through my freshman year and um he was so just helpful and gracious and um everything through just the process of my dad being so sick and um yeah I just remember specifically um there was one we had just got done we just got home from playing Maryland my freshman year and our flight landed. And I remember Bond uh, being like, Hannah, hey, like come up here. And he like him and his wife drove me directly to the hospital um, in Chicago, straight from the airport. Um, and I remember that was when my mom kind of told us we had our, the first conversation about, you know, you know, he might not make it. And up until then, mm. like I really had been so optimistic, you know, which it's like, it's, you kind of just have to be, you know, and I kind of, during this time in my life like really was good at compartmentalizing especially since I was a freshman like I think a lot of people could relate to your freshman year you know of course you want everyone to like you of course you want to make friends and I didn't want this really hard thing I was going through to maybe hold me back from those things and hold me back from you know it's hard when you're getting to know people and people know you're going through this really tough thing and it's like you know I didn't want it to be awkward or people to think oh you know she's probably you know going through a lot she might not want to like hang out you know so I really yeah, yeah. pushed everything that was going on with my family kind of aside and um I don't know it definitely wasn't healthy but at the time it helped me because I felt like I could just keep them separate um but 
yeah so that night my mom kind of told me in Ashland you know about the possibility of him not making it and kind of what would happen then and so from then on it became just a lot more real to me and I remember um all the time in the hospital my mom and my dad were are uh, my mom yeah is such a faithful follower of Christ and same with my dad and I grew up I guess I haven't mentioned that yet but I grew up in a Christian household and prayer was always part of our you know daily routine and just kind of our life and um, turning everything towards Christ and that kind of thing so I remember in the hospital we would pray you know a lot um, over my dad and um, he was in and out of sedation quite a bit so a lot of times when I was in the hospital um he wasn't awake so um or we'd have friends come and visit and we'd pray together and that kind of thing and I remember like after so much prayer I was kind of like what's the point <laughs> like it you know it didn't seem like it was getting any better and my dad would you know get a little bit better and then it'd be something really bad that happened and then you know so it would just kind of it was just getting worse and worse and worse and I remember like during these long prayers I would be like all right <laughs> like clearly I don't really know if God's listening and up until this point in my life I would say that I was a Christian. Like I'd always kind of had this, a little bit of doubt. I was like, you know, like, what if God isn't real? And, you know, I've grown up going to Sunday school and everything. And I know all the Bible stories. I memorize all the verses, but you know, I had never really like truly felt like God's presence in my life yet. I just kind of gone off what my parents have said. And what I like learned in church and, you yeah. know, it's kind of like, of course it's true. But in this moment, when I was, you know, listening to these prayers and I was kind of like, okay, like, is this, like, is this legit? And um, kind of having those doubts, like a lot more than I ever had. And um, I just kind of, and then obviously, you know, he kind of got worse and then he ended up passing away, like right after Christmas or New Year's, I guess, my freshman year. Um, and then that, like the rest of that spring was just hard. I still compartmentalized, like pretended like, that didn't happen I could pretend like my family was okay at home because I was you know three hours away um then I went to ultimate training camp and I remember just kind of feeling like I mean anyone who's listening to this podcast knows how much God's presence is like amplified in that setting um and I just remember like feeling it and being like wow like I just there were certain things um that spoke to me. And I just felt like, you know, God is real. And I know my dad's in heaven. And I know um, that what he says is true. And um, yeah, it, it just felt mm -hmm. like I, 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 I say that, like, I, oh, I stepped over like the line, and I kind of like, recommitted <laughs> my yeah, um, during camp. And um, yeah, it, it, that was, I would say, like, a big thing that um, developed my faith one, and then also just my perspective. Um, as a whole. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Hannah, that's, I actually, yeah, that's new, a new part of your story that I, I don't think we've really talked about a whole lot. And so, yeah, thanks for bringing us in. Like, I don't, what, what did you love most about your dad? Just thinking about your relationship with him. What are a couple qualities about him that you just, you just love about him? Yeah. Um, my dad had the best sense of humor. <laughs> He's so funny and always just, yeah, kept, everything light and goofy. And I know I mentioned before how uh, he was just so attentive and excited about everything that I was excited about. And yeah, I would say like my dad was definitely like the person in my life, like the biggest person in my life that I was like, what, like, I really want to make him proud. Yeah, like, of mm. course I want to make my mom proud. Like I, you know, yeah. 
but it's like he was just you know whenever he would ask for my advice on like even the smallest things like he was very particular about things in our house in our car and just like keeping things clean or whatever like and we would do like we would have like the smallest thing like renovations on something he would ask my opinion on like colors and I remember like just being like oh like you know, I just meant so much that he wanted my opinion because I looked up to him so much. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I always just felt like so heard and um, he was always just, yeah, so excited to be a presence in my life and everything I did. And I think that was mm. something that meant the most to me and something that now, you know, I think about a lot and how I can, you know, be that for other people and just be such a listener and um, yeah, just be excited mm. for them be interested and ready to ask and listen um to whatever they um want to speak about yeah that yeah I just I love asking that question you know I have a friend um Gabby Markley who was on our podcast um back in episode 19 and I got to know her dad really well and her family and they become like a second family to me in some ways um and then when her dad died um a couple years ago Mike it was just really, really, really hard, you know, and I think even my heart, you know, I was sad because of missing Mike. And at the same time, like just my heart for her, you know, to see a girl that I love as a friend, like go through the loss of someone that means so much, you know, to you specifically your own dad. And so some of the qualities you just mentioned, it's kind of neat that like, I can see those qualities in you you know, like just your personality. And I remember being back at ultimate training camp when I was first getting to know you, Hannah. And it's like, I don't even know who this girl is. We had a few phone calls, I think, you know, before camp started, um, just to help you get prepared for camp. But, um, with you being there, I just remember like, there's, you just have such like a, like people are drawn to you, you know, and those qualities you're sharing about your dad, it sounds very similar. There's a sense of like, you know, just people like being around him. He's an encourager. He was always your, your fan. Like your, he wanted to set you up for success, you know? And so, um, but hearing you say that there's a sense of security that you found at ultimate training camp and just the sense of like, I want to step over that line because I know that I know that I know, I know that God's real. And I know that I know that I know, I know where my, where my dad is right now, even though I miss him, like I know where he is. Like, I know I'm going to see him again, um, must bring so much, just, I don't know what it brings. What does it bring? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what does it yeah, bring? I, yeah. It brings a lot of peace and comfort. Uh, just like you mentioned that, like the security I have and the hope that I have and knowing that I'm going to see him again in heaven. And, um, yeah, it's, it is a peaceful thing. And of course, you know, it's, it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like that feels so far away. You know, like, of course I'll yeah. see him in heaven. I mean, that's years and years and years and years down the line, but I don't know. I, it is just such an overwhelming, calming, just calming presence, I would say, and sense mm -hmm. of um, just excitement for when I will get to see him again. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, uh, uh, reel it back a little bit to the ultimate training camp? Give us some, like, I don't mean to, sh I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Okay. Um, so you get to UTC, right? Is that 2022? What year were you there? Maybe it's 21. Oh no. Uh, further well, than which, that i've been like three or four times okay you're like a utc rock star then you are the rock star um there are a few like you who have been a few times so but yeah just thinking <laughs> about utc like what is what are some of the highlights for you what is like yeah. what do you remember god doing not not only what he did in your heart for sure but also yeah. just like what is that atmosphere like what do you experience at an ultimate training camp 
And what did you see God doing like while you were there? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, before I mentioned just the, you just feel God's presence, just God's presence just intensified there. Yeah. Um, I always, you know, you know, it really does just feel people say this about ultimate training camp, but just like a piece of heaven, you know? And yeah, um, I would say the first time I went was summer after my freshman year. So that would have been 2019. Okay. Um, that was like pre COVID. So regular UTC, regular special. Um, and yeah, I remember just, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, which I think that's true of a lot of people that go to UTC for the first time. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I, you know, like competition and I like, you know, working out and just like the grind of it all. And yeah. I heard that that was a huge part of UTC with the special and everything like that. Even though when I, before I went, I had no idea what special even meant. I was just like, <laughs> okay, I like grass volleyball. I like, you know, yeah. I want to grow my faith. And um, I had some, some of my, uh, people I look up to a lot in AIA my freshman year, um, they spoke so highly of it. And it was kind of like, you have to go. And I was like, okay, you know? So I remember uh, my freshman year, just feeling just this overwhelming sense of community um, with like-minded believers. And it was just such a, um, what's the word? Just such an encouraging space. And I felt like, yeah, just excited to work hard and excited for to have this new purpose and working hard because before then it really felt a lot like you know you know UTC we you know talk about like you know what's what's your why like what's your what what keeps like what's the reason why um you play your sport and push yourself to these limits and before then I didn't really have an answer for that you know I was like well I, I like it I guess and it's fun to win um but this newfound motivation and just um, Christ was something that opened my eyes a lot. Um, and when, you know, when I was like struggling during the special with like push-ups and relays and all those things, it's like keeping my eyes fixed on the Lord just made it feel, you know, it's still tough. It makes it just feel so much more purposeful and, um, yeah, kept me centered. And it was something where I was like, Whoa, like I need to keep doing this, keeping this mindset. Um, forever and so that was one of the big reasons where I was like I need Jesus in my life all the time <laughs> mm, yeah for sure now for some of those who don't know what the special is you got 125 to 150 athletes right coming from all over the yeah. country they're all college athletes nearly all of them are competitive like Hannah Clayton and um, <laughs> most of them are not volleyball players some are right there's all sorts of sports and athletes yeah. coming in and they're put on teams I'm just letting our listeners know here they're put on teams yeah where they um they will be learning right learning these five principles about how to incorporate their faith with their sport and then going out and actually competing each day in volleyball to practice in a lab setting um the things that they're learning from the bible that has to do with faith and sport and so hannah's sharing specifically about the second thing they learn which is what is your why like what's your motivation and at the end the special which she's talking about here is a 20 hour typically about 20 hour competition where they're put on teams and they are leaning into each other they're playing all sorts of sports you mentioned push-up relays what else was in that competition the swimming the frisbee yeah. might have been the hardest for me when i had my first really? time yes because i mean i was like gassed i was like um we still got like 19 more hours of this and i just went super hard in frisbee like 
you just you couldn't stop running and it was hot and I was like yes I don't know how to make I think it was just the unknown of it all <laughs> yes like, an hour of ultimate frisbee you're like how do I pace myself not knowing right. and I didn't you know, 20 I hours <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in it to win it come on come on <laughs> I was like oh yeah. Yeah. But. And so they're, they're competing all the way throughout the night, all the way up till the morning. And, and how do you finish the special Hannah in the midst of all this competition? What is kind of that last event um, that you experienced? Yeah. The Golgotha run. Um, yeah. You kind of emulates just like taking up your cross and we hold boards like this and run a mile at the very end. Um, it's kind of just a time of reflection and um yeah, just being with the Lord and speaking with the Lord and kind of just looking back in the last 20, 20 hours, I guess. Um, yeah. And I'll, you know, never forget as soon as I crossed that line and just kind of like fell to my knees in the grass. And it's, it's such, a, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It's such a powerful thing. And uh, I know I mentioned, I've been to ultimate training camp a few times and um, it was incredible. The other times I had been there to just experience that from the outside, you know, to mm -hmm. see athletes, cross that line and just see the Lord, um, just meeting them where they're at. Um, and yeah, it's, it's such, it's such a powerful thing. Um, mm. but yeah. Yeah. You mentioned like purpose and like learning how to recenter yourself in the midst of competition, how to be motivated in your sport by, by the Lord, right. By what he did yeah. for you and their significance in that finishing and crossing that line. Um, what, what was it like for you to have people like at the finish line or to see others running with you was there anything there that just was an interesting experience yeah well or I think not? well yeah I mean it was powerful to be running alongside you know my other brothers and sisters in Christ and just it, it feels like from an outsider perspective the whole thing just seems so crazy <laughs> it's like whenever yeah. I, it's, I always say it's impossible to like explain the ultimate training camp to someone who maybe like would never go or like isn't someone that's like an athlete or like in this realm um like I've explained tried to explain it to like some of my friends parents and they're always like why would you ever do that <laughs> um but I don't know it's such a cool thing because here you are with all these other athletes that are kind of in the same boat as you growing their faith like they're in this really intense environment that's created by the ultimate training camp finishing this special running this run and reflecting right alongside you um and it's such a I don't know. It's just so moving and peaceful. And I think right when I crossed the line, uh, I'll never forget um, Amy Lindrick. She was a, on staff and is on staff at um, University of Iowa with Athletes in Action. And she actually, this is, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but um, she discipled me for two years at the end of my college career, but this was at the beginning. So I didn't really know her very well at the time when she did this for me, but I, like, like I mentioned, I kind of fell down to my knees in the grass, like kind of, kind of went off on myself. And I remember she came up behind me and just put her hand on me and started praying for me. And, um, yeah, I was just like crying and, um, I will never forget that moment. And, um, so cool that I mean, me and her have grown such a close friendship, um, after that with her being my discipler for two years and mm. everything like that. So that was just such a special moment to have her kind of, you know, speak life into me and just talk to the Lord um, and thank him for everything he'd done in my life that week. And mm. yeah, it was just, it was such an incredible, incredible moment that I'll never forget. Yeah. That's really cool. So the aim got to continue in your journey as well. Like, you know, after yeah. UTC and, <laughs> And um, there's something about being on the other side that is a different perspective. I think you're right. Yeah. Like in terms of like, there's one thing to do the special and to get to the end of your rope and really see and experience 
that relationship with Christ. Um, and then there's another thing in watching others get to the end of their rope and watching yeah. others compete, right. And seeing the Lord work right. and there, which Amy got to see in your life, you know, and then you got to be on the other side of that as an intern. And you alluded a little bit to that earlier. Um, but what was it like for you? I know you were doing a lot of the interns do a lot of refereeing during the competition and, and sometimes supporting the athletes, praying for them, getting them waters um, as they're just, you know, working hard and play, you know, competing hard. But what was it like for you on that other side um, as an intern to watch the athletes competing and experiencing Christ? Yeah, I would say the one thing that I didn't anticipate uh, being so difficult was, uh, well, like I, I'm a pretty big, like encourager, like in most sports settings and with my team, yeah. I'm always like, I like to be encouraging and vocal and whatever and cheering people on. But it is so hard to be in the setting where you're a referee um, and that's not your job. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not there to cheer them on and that kind of thing. And it, you know, ultimately the special is designed for them to connect with God and kind of God be their motivator and um, that kind of thing. And so that was hard for me to not, especially like um, I, we haven't mentioned, but it, at UTC, you know, you have small groups as an intern where you kind of pour into um, four or five athletes and disciple them throughout the week. And you know, that was hard for me to not, you know, try to give them an extra boost because you really do want to like step back and just let the Lord lead them through the special. And um, that was tough for me for sure. And it was hard. Um, it, it was hard to, I don't know. Yeah. Like it seems so much longer. I would say it's felt longer as an intern to just kind of like stand around. And, you know, I remember thinking like, how did I do this last year? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, you see everyone else like dying and it's kind of like, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad but I But not, not literally dying, right? Not right. literally. <laughs> You're seeing sure. them drop to their knees <laughs> in the middle of like, I'm trying to get to the end of this line for a push-up relay. And I've done about a hundred of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. Did yeah. you ever feel the desire to rescue? Like, I know for me, like for some, it's like, I just want to be able to cheer them on, right? And create, but yeah. I need to create that space for God to, you know, to be the one speaking to them more. Um, but I know for me, a struggle was like, I just want to rescue people when they're in pain, especially if I know them, it's like, and it's not even a bad desire. You know, it's like, I just yeah. want to be able to help you. Right. But the reality was we needed to create space and allow them to experience that brokenness. Yeah. It's like if we do not experience or recognize our own brokenness in our life, how much do we miss yeah. the presence of God? Or the, it's, the more we recognize our brokenness and like bring it to the light, there's something about how it's creating space, right? for God to speak into that. And we experience how amazing the gospel is, you know? And so I don't know if you felt that at all. I know that was for me, like just so difficult as a staffer intern was just, yeah. oh, I just want to like help you, but I need to let you experience that brokenness, knowing that God will meet you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. So life now for you, you are living in France. You are living, I don't know if you know this, living some people's dreams is your reality right now, Hannah. Um, but you are a pro volleyball player in France. It has a pretty nice ring to it, I would say. Um, <laughs> would you tell us just what, what is life like in, in France right now? Just what, yeah, what's volleyball like, your, jo your new job, right, as a pro volleyball player? player. Um, just kind of bring us into your, yeah, the season of life. 
yeah so i mean volleyball wise it's it's kind of a grind like it's i mean more than i was it's a different kind of grind than college was i mean obviously i don't have any school now um i get to just focus on volleyball which is like kind of a dream um but yeah i have two practices a day and um twice a week or three times a week we lift and um yeah it's, it is just kind of constant and um yeah lots and lots of volleyball and recovery and that kind of thing and luckily we've had you know a couple weekends off uh, here and there to travel and I went to Paris last weekend which is really cool um, I went to Lyon France uh, like two weekends three weekends ago um, and we're about we're two games into like league play so for the French A1 league started about like three weeks ago and we're two games in so we leave tomorrow actually for Nancy um, to play them on Saturday but yeah, I mean that's kind of my life. It's like kind of eat, sleep, volleyball. Yeah, so most you, of the time. you don't have much of a social life in terms of like just getting to sightsee and just enjoy. It. Like it is uh, a lot of volleyball. It sounds yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say there's like a lot of this league is like really competitive, and I think there okay. is like other leagues like you could play in France or in Europe, of course, where it wouldn't be as intense like this. But yeah, yeah. I don't so it's a not of- a vacation every day. No, <laughs> I pictured Hannah that you're just on vacation every day. Like I'm just gonna hit up the Eiffel Tower, have a little meal, you know, a little dinner, little yeah, French no. French bakery over here. But I mean, it's been yeah. cool to experience the culture, of course. I mean, and mm-hmm. I live in uh, my city. I live in is called Clermont for for so. Um, it's like one of the biggest cities in France. So that's kind of nice. There's a lot of restaurants and um, just cool things to experience here. So it's fun to you know explore with my teammates and try different restaurants out and we do trivia on Wednesdays at this one place that has English trivia um but yeah there's a a lot of things that have been taken a little bit to get used to but I I love it like I love living in Europe Hannah I was just in a French bakery in Chicago I'm telling you like the croissants I got a croissant it was fresh with um let me think there was brie and what's the name of the meat that starts with a P? You know, like prosciutto. prosciutto? Yes, prosciutto. like a salty yeah. meat. Have you ever had that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought it was so delicious. Yes. Um, but and then later, my friend bought me like a a chocolate dessert that was a croissant with chocolate. Um, oh yes. Inside. Yeah. So the French baker, oh, even in Chicago, I can't imagine in country. Um, yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah. But bring us back, bring us back. Reel me in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess kind of wrapping up with just volleyball and how I mentioned that's just a huge, huge part of my life right now. Um, and I mentioned earlier just in the principles I learned at UTC and um, kind of just staying focused on what my purpose is. I said that was something that really spoke to me. And the first time I went to UTC and then the Lord continued to use that in my life throughout the rest of my college career. Um, and just, you know, thinking about like, why do I play? And um yeah, just that kind of thing. And I think in college, you know, your stats are some, you know, they're important. Like you can, you know, get recognition and you can obviously like, you want to help your team win, but how you do personally doesn't necessarily like affect you the next year or your career in your um, kind of college bubble. But I would say something that's been tougher for me um, in the pro world is just like uh, the extra pressure to perform um, just because, I mean, now like this is my job, (laughs) you know, and my stats and how I perform each game, like it does have an effect on the opportunities 
you know, I'll get in the future and that kind of thing. And uh, like I mentioned, I play in a like really competitive league. So, you know, the stakes are high and um, that kind of thing. But so I think just that's been a little bit tougher. Um, but um, I mentioned, or I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but um, my uh, mom, when I, I mentioned like a while ago on the podcast, I really wanted to go to University of Illinois. And that was like yeah. my plate. Like I want to go. I ended up going on a visit and the coach at the time told me they didn't have a scholarship for me. And so I, in that, in that moment, like little me was like crushed. I was like, what, like, am I going to do? Like, this is where I wanted to go. And I remember I woke up the next morning and my mom had put Colossians 323 on a post-it note on my mirror. And, um, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work out with all your heart, um, as working for the Lord and not for men. And that kind of has been something that stuck with me throughout my entire just athletic career so far. Um, and I struggle with being like a people pleaser, (laughs) you know, it's hard to not want everyone to like me and, you know, just, you know, be the best player that I can be and be the best leader that I can be like, you know, and it's hard not to feel like focused on, you know, because I want people to enjoy being around me or I want people to look up to me, but it's like, Um, that verse has really helped me just stay focused on, you know, what is the reason why I'm playing? What is the reason why I'm being a good teammate? And just um, that kind of thing. And um, I'm working for the Lord and not for my coaches, not for, um, you know, my teammates or not necessarily thinking about like, oh, I need to, you know, get these certain stats and outperform the people in my position so I can have a better career. Um, Well, like, obviously that's, you know, it's pro, you know, this is my job. So that's something that I have as a goal, but that's not my focus, you know, like just having, um, my eyes fixed on Jesus and just, you know, who he says I am as a child of God. It's, you know, it's, if I have a horrible game that doesn't define me. And I think just repeating that like truth, um, especially now in the season of life is something that's been really, really crucial for me. And, um, yeah, just helped me stay grounded and yeah, kept my focus on the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Hannah. Um, that's real, you know, and we wish you, I wish you success in your volleyball career. I know that you've got a teammate, Courtney. I just realized that in this moment, Courtney Bazzaro is actually on your team in France. And so I wish the two of you lots of fun, like moments, like whether it's in travel or when you're staying at places, or if you're hitting up a French bakery, whatever that looks like, but on the court, like I wish you just so much, um, honestly that you would have success, you know, and I hope that your season goes really well. I wish I could just come to a game, you know, maybe we'll, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish you success. And in the midst of that, like what a great reminder that you've given us today, that question of no matter what season of life we're in, like, what does it look like to do that mm-hmm. thing that God's given us to, care for those people that God's given us to do our job that God's given us, right? Whatever those things are that he's placed and entrusted us with and the people that he's entrusted us with, like, what does it look like for us to just be able to, to do that thing for him? Mm -hmm. Everything, everything he's given us just to say, God, you know what? It's yours because we've got a heavenly father. And so do you, you've got a heavenly father who says, you know what? You're my beloved. I am so pleased with you. You know, I'm so pleased simply because of what my son did for you on the cross. Like, he's just so pleased with you. And so I, I really do, Hannah, I hope you have a great season. Um, I've had a blast catching up with you and it's been so fun. So thanks for inspiring us today. Thanks for bringing us in um, to your story. Um, friends, thanks for listening to this episode of Crisis Backstories. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Have a great day.